America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org. And, of course, is brought to you by BrushBeater.store. Head on over there, man, BrushBeater.store. We have got some new products that are in the process of going up. A lot of new electronics. I've got a new blade that is being unveiled that is a collaboration between myself and Master Bladesmith Kyle Tepfer out in Boone here in the great state of North Carolina. Of course, Kyle is a pretty famous bladesmithing world coming up, uh, apprenticing under Daniel Winkler, uh, who is probably the preeminent bladesmith in America right now. And he was his longtime apprentice did uh, many, many years in his shop, made a lot of blades, and now he's out on his own. We did a collaboration design, and I'm going to be unveiling that uh, just a little bit after this podcast. But I can't think of a better person to be on the air with to be talking about all things blades, badassness, writing awesome books, history, your takes on the world. Literally everything. One of the most interesting people and one of the uh, the people that, without a doubt, I am uh, extremely honored to be sitting down with. And, of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, Colonel Mike Bennett, who has written yet another book in the Warlock Origins story, which I am really, really excited to sit down and dive into, as no doubt everybody else in this audience is as well. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. All that good stuff you said, but none of that is true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) None of it's true. All of it is true. Yeah, Every bit of it is true. Uh, Yeah. Um, we had already we've been talking for like an hour already, and I was yeah. ranting about something. Uh, to give you a general idea, uh, we were talking about cities and, and how they have gone down, yeah. uh, and I was regaling my host with a story of Portland, Maine, which w- when I was a kid, which where I grew up, uh, you know, this is leave it to beaver type stuff. Uh, you you watched the news at night, and there was no, uh, you know, murders and you know this is and that's is. You know, it was leave it to Beaver. Um, 
And uh, this this summer I spent up in Maine quite a bit, and I was going through Portland, Maine, the the Maine capital city, or not the capital city, but the Maine big city. Um, and there's homeless camps and whatnot, and I'm just I'm just shaking my head, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I I literally do not recognize this as my home. And and we were talking, uh, you know, an example Matt brought up was was. Uh, uh, you know, uh, any city that has a, you know, legal, I guess, but has a uh, needle exchange, you know, that's a, that's a big indicator. Um, and, and, and I was ranting and I've forgotten pretty much what I said, but you know, yes, that, that is the sort of thing, all these little things just adding up to, uh, you know, our, our, our world is certainly in strife and, and oh, by the way, it's all self-inflicted, um, which is quite unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, but, but that's a good example. I mean, that, I mean, that's, you know, just, and you can go down an entire checklist, you know, don't, 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 these, these little tiny little things, chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah. Good indicators of, you know, the, the trajectory that we are on. Uh, and of course that, that, you know, that goes into kind of your realm of, preparation and and whatnot uh uh interesting times man interesting times well it it certainly is i i attribute a lot of the urban decay to our opioid epidemic uh which of course began with purdue pharmaceuticals and then uh morphed into the heroin epidemic and now fentanyl which is uh, very much being exploited by the Chinese. It's being exploited by our own government, too. There's a lot of money to be made in drug treatment programs that are roads to nowhere, and uh, certainly in having a, an a, uh, opioid-addled uh, mass populace. And, and you yeah. know, when you take a, a place that's already economically depressed and you, know, you, you sprinkle that that uh self-medicating mechanism in there right, right. that's what's going to happen i mean well, uh, yeah it, it, you know i guess we'll get the book in a, in a second but these things concern me as an author now my current uh trajectory that i'm writing is is all external you know because i've always been kind of a foreign policy uh guy you know i've, I've certainly been subject to American foreign policy and, you know, deployed to go do, you know, try to unfuck things uh, that, you know, whatever. Um, and I will just tell you, uh, um, I, I am, as an author, I am considering diving into something on a domestic scale, which is, which is a departure for me in a very big way. But these things really, really concern me. Um, as they should anyone. And uh, to, to think that we're in a better place uh, when you look at, you know, you know, really to be realistic, look at, say, the top 10 metrics, you know, GDP, whatnot, whatever. Um, we are not. We mustn't. We mustn't deceive ourselves and we must uh, spend the time on our own children uh, to show them the right way. Uh, or else we're lost. You know, this country that we have will be lost. 
so we, we, we mustn't do that. We mustn't. Anyway. No, it, it, it's, um, you know, a documentary that I used to uh, make students watch once upon a time uh, in a, another professional life was uh, the lost lives of Lowell and uh, talking about Lowell, Massachusetts, of course. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this was a, yeah, th- th- this was a HBO documentary that was made in the nineties. And I think it encapsulated the a number of dynamics that were happening socially in America at the time, which really yeah. set the tone. Absolutely. For, yeah. It, it, that, that was what, became into the 2000s and then now you know lowell for anybody who doesn't know that's a really old documentary now i'm pretty sure that everybody uh involved in it is either dead or you know probably life in prison uh dickie eckland is a pretty famous uh boxer the um you know they made a movie about him the eckland brothers um he's in that documentary and he ain't doing so well in that it you know back then and, um, you know, he's, he's strung out on crack. But th- this was the same story in a lot of places. You know, the, the far northeast here in North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the, the, uh, the Rust Belt, especially, you know, you had these mill towns that were closing yep. up. They were, everything was going overseas. It was going to yep. China. It was going to India, you know, wherever our labor was Mexico with the textiles. Everything was being outsourced because of NAFTA. Yep. What do you do? What I mean, what do, what do these people do now? What what are you gonna do? See, see, you know? see that's a you know, I'm talking about Maine. Um, Lowell Mass is was a little to the south of me. Very similar. The the town that I, I ended up in in the middle of my sophomore year is a is a town called Saco. And it was a mill town. The Lady Pepperell textile mill was in the the adjacent town called Biddeford. So, you know, when you used to buy sheets in the 80s, um, you know, I don't know, a lot of times your sheets that were on your bed were made by Pepperell Mill. Um, So they were, you know, they were a very, very productive manufacturing facility, textile, you know. And then, as you were saying, it shut down. And that was like the uh, source of income in certainly in Bedford, no doubt. Um, and that, <clears throat> excuse me, that 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 town spiraled south very very quickly when that when when those jobs went away. Uh, they 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 attempted to take the mill facility and 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 uh, uh, you know convert it to nike shoes right so they made nike sneakers and not there um that didn't last long because the same thing happened so your so your manufacturing went overseas elsewhere so the same damn thing happened hey but you know what's interesting you, you say that and I, I think you'd be nodding your head like the vigorous drinking bird um very vigorously um <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right yep. uh yep. uh so well, let's segue just a hair to to the book rose hips in june uh 
the first half is kind of talking about the 80s. I'll get that in a second. But the second half is the 90s, under which we toiled in the presidency of one Bill Clinton. So what you were saying, Matt, rings very true in my philosophy. And, and people can argue with me. You know, I don't I really don't give a shit. But the point I'm getting at in this book is I, I essentially put the blame of 9-11 very squarely on Bill Clinton's shoulders. Okay. And I go through a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and I talk about, you know, 1993, you had the first uh, towers incident. Uh, and what did we do? Well, we relegated that to law enforcement. There was no counterterrorist offensive action elsewhere. It was, we're going to do some kind of law enforcement action on, on these primates that just tried to kill Americans. And all this stuff is the brainchild of Bill Clinton and his general foreign policy. And I, and, you know, just philosophically, I will say really the downfall of where we are with opioids and whatnot, uh, where this country is with the idea of uh, uh, needles, you know, cities sanctioning, here's your free needles. That sort of thing really is, is a byproduct of the, the age of Bill Clinton in the 90s. That's, that's my observation, I guess. Uh, so I, I flail <laughs> very rigorously Clinton's policies in this book. I mean, it's, I'm not subtle. I'm not subtle in the least fucking bit. I hammer the snot out of Bill Clinton in this book and I I'm having a good time doing it, but, but that that's the second half of the book. First half is the story, the origin story of the warlock, uh, where, where Ronald Reagan, um, after we came out of the, his predecessors, uh, presidency, uh, 1979, Tehran, Iran, uh, for those of us that are old enough to remember, um, you know, 444 days of captivity by Iran, Americans, uh, and, uh, you know, that hit, you say goodbye to Jimmy Carter, you know, his first term, and that was that. Um, so, so, so Ronald Reagan comes in, sees that America's in decline, you know, at the end of the 70s, uh, and, he, and he's, he, his whole point in life is, I'm going to, get things back to, 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 to the way they should be. And his CIA director, William Casey, comes to him with an idea and says, hey, uh, Mr. President, you know, our capabilities, covert capabilities uh, outside the United States are, are, are lacking and our will has atrophied uh, in the use of such devices. Um, and he comes up with this concept of the warlock and the presence just says, yeah, go forth, make it happen. Um, so then you've got the eighties. So there's a couple of, uh, large activities that occur, um, that the warlock plans and conducts and whatnot. And I'll just say one is Chernobyl and I won't really say 
much else. Um, something happens and blah, blah, blah. Read the book. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> what, 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 what's the word? For, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing a little bit. Um, it's pretty nasty. I like it. Um, uh, so, you know, you've got the 80s. So, so there's a couple kind of big things. And it's all about, you know, knocking the Soviet Union off its pedestal. And, and obviously there's a success story there. You contrast that with actions that are taken through the warlock to kind of regain the initiative through the Clinton administration. But the point is his, even his stuff, which is supposed to be completely outside of, of government uh, is diminished because of the interference he has with the minions of of uh of the clinton regime so you've got two things you've got the 80s you get the 90s and i'll just say it ends with 9-11 oh man this is uh i i think i haven't read this one yet i haven't read this one yet i'm really looking forward to it can you share can you share your screen or so people can see what what the thing looks like well right now we're we're uh this is this is audio only so oh, 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 oh. but no i i'm gonna have links down below yeah yeah. and well, uh so everyone you've probably seen me on twitter and i, I put the thing up. Oh, it's yeah. a really pretty it's a very pretty pretty cover uh the distinction also i think um people be like okay why is this on its own web page at amazon and the other books are on the other so the other books are all um, my self-published books, right? You know, ones we've talked about before. Uh, this one is published through Defiance Press. If you know uh, Blaine Pardo, man, I, I believe we've been on podcast oh, yeah. before. Um, he's published a couple books through them. They're down in Texas. Uh, so this is the first, my first, this is a debut, if you will, of a, you know, me being a published author uh so so when they put that up there they they have not linked that uh book page to me the author and i think they just did it because there's more than one, one author named mike bennett and they you know they just fucked it up whatever um so you kind of have to search around there will be a link for rose hips in june uh, on amazon it's all it should also be sale because it's published now uh, you know, like Barnes and Nobles. So if you don't want to buy through Amazon and give Jeff Bezos money, um, you know, Barnes and Noble, uh, and there's there's a couple other uh, you know distributors out there that carry the book. Uh, when, but the only Kindle version, the only electronic version, is Amazon because it's Kindle, right? Uh, and, and this book, uh, in the we're in the middle of doing audiobook. So there will be an audio book for Rose Hips in June. And I'm hoping, certainly hoping that'll be done before Christmas uh, for any of you. And it's not really a stocking stuffer for an audio book, but you know what I'm talking about. It showed up in my inbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my electronic stocking. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that's... And I'll tell you. I'll tell you that the guy that, so I had to audition, you know, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, whatever, bunch of people. 
And I put a thing out on Twitter and I said, okay, what do you guys prefer? Do you prefer just a, just a reading, you know, just a normal guy reading, or do you want someone to do the dramatic, you know, super dramatic, whatever. Um, and I got a lot of feedback. I got both ways. John <laughs> didn't B. Really, Wills. didn't really help me too much, but I, I had come to my own conclusion, listen to, you know, there were a couple of these guys were just over the fucking top. They're like, oh, 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 you know, I was like, dude, calm the fuck down, man. It's the first fucking sentence of the book, man. You you already got into the crescendo phase. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> like, God damn. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, the, my point was uh, um, the guy that I did choose, he is just perfect. He's spot on. I mean, I love his rendition or whatever his interpretation is is just perfect i mean he'll 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 he's got the inflection and you know for a point that is you're trying to drive whatever home very he hits it just right so i i was just happy as hell i was like yeah that's the dude and then they gave me a like a checkpoint you know after you read an entire chapter or two chapters and i was like i i got nothing you know i don't creative you know, my creative direction, fuck creative, you know, just do what you're doing, dude. You know, don't change anything. Use your own goddamn uh, judgment. You're, it's perfect. Don't listen to me. Just do what you're doing. So anyway, there will be an audio book um, for the book. And that's kind of exciting because because I've had readers like I really like your stuff, but I'm a truck driver, literally. Right. You know. And I don't have time to to read, and I I got plenty of time sitting in the cab of a truck, and you know an audiobook would be great. So uh, I, I think a lot of people will like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's uh, I know uh, you know our friend Clay Martin with uh, Wrath of the Windigo. Um, he uh, he had such a huge demand for for doing an yeah. audiobook, and he. Yeah. Uh, has made that a thing. So definitely, if you, you weren't aware of Wrath of the Wendigo being an audio book, now you do well, know. But but he's he's got Terry Shepard. Um, I'm pretty sure Terry Shepard is, is the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. So the interesting really thing cool. there, uh, I, I just got off uh, communications with, with Clay this morning. And uh, I said, hey, man, you know, I got this book, yada, yada, yada. I want to send you a copy. And uh, he said, yeah, and I'll pimp the hell out of it. And I was like, cool. Uh, and uh, Terry Shepard, uh, I was on Twitter, and I just threw it out, whatever. And I forgot who it was, Spartacus, or um, someone retweeted whatever, right? And retweeted or, or quote tweeted whatever I said and, and uh, at – you know, what do you call it when you at somebody tag? I just link them. You tagged uh link tag, uh, uh, Terry Shepard, you know, something like, Hey, Terry, you know, you should, you know, read this or whatever. And, you know, Terry's got, I don't know, a hundred thousand followers or whatever. And he wrote yeah. back and he said, Hey man, what do you need? I said, well, shit, you know, uh, I'd love you to read it. He says, I'm on it, man. I'll read it. So, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to some feedback from uh, from Terry and Clay uh, to and it, I'm sure the listeners know both of these guys are SF guys. Um, and those aren't the only people uh, 
that are special forces people that uh, have probably read some of the books or whatnot. But for me, uh, that's really important um, that guys like that uh, sh- provide a little validation that, you know, I'm not talking completely out of my ass. Um, uh, what this guy is writing is, is, is solid. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to these guys feedback and I, I, I put, I don't want to put words in the mouth, but I'm kind of hoping that the, you know, that's generally speaking, what the, what they'll say. Um, Oh, for sure. For sure. They, it, Terry, in case anybody doesn't know about uh, Terry Shepard in the, the uh, audience, uh, Terry Shepard is, has been kind of big with the Discovery Channel. Um, he was the host of, I think it was Dude, You're Screwed, where they just Dude, they take, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, no, it was, I didn't, I wasn't real big on the whole survival tv show nons i thought a lot of it was full of crap but i caught uh one of those episodes Mm -hmm. and i was hooked it was like oh man this is actually it it depends on who's doing it if they get the the hollywood 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 bullshit you know anyone that knows anything like that that's total horseshit the the premise behind the show was is that terry is mm-hmm. hosting it and he was a participant in it in, in right. one of the episodes. Um, but essentially the, these guys that are, you know, former soft guys mm-hmm. or uh, I think there were a few that were survival trainers. Basically you have all of these guys and it's like one of those improv shows where they're, they're just running a bunch of gags on you. Right. Except right. This is in kind of a real fucked up way. It's like, what is the worst situation that I can put this guy in? Now deal with it. And it's, it was, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, there, there was, there was one of them, the, the one episode that comes to mind that was actually really uh, the, the guy that was in it. I forgot long since this, we're talking, this show was like a decade ago, I think. But um there, there was a guy in it that was uh, he picked up an old saw blade that he found somewhere and he actually hardened this thing mm-hmm. and turned it into a knife. And mm-hmm. he, he found like he was picking up trash and mm-hmm. making it, you know, functional. He made this sure. this uh, uh, tempering forge out of a can and uh, coals from the fire. And he was playing. I, I was like, man, this guy's actually pretty slick. And, you know, they, they were watching it like. Oh man, that's that you know, uh, it was it, there was a lot of innovation, but anyway, it, you know, Terry was was involved in that, yeah. and uh, I'll tell you, he he was actually one of the early people to follow me on Twitter, which I was blown away mm-hmm. by. Yeah. Like, man, this dude is really famous, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. And I was yeah. like, oh man, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of came to that realization just kind of recently. So, when this guy on Twitter retweeted or quote tweeted my thing and sent it to Terry, I was like, and then I kind of very snidely said, not snidely. I was actually probably being very, very truthful. I said, well, you know, he he's kind of a really busy guy, and uh, you know, I I don't even you know, thanks for the thanks for the effort, you know, but I I think he'll probably not even see this because he's got you know, hundred thousand DMs or whatever a day, and uh, I was really kind of shocked because he he came back and he's like, yeah, dude, tell me what you need. You know, I was like, wow. Uh, 
but either way, the point yeah. for me is um, uh, it, it's kind of neat. Uh, my stuff is fiction, but at the same time, you know, there, there, there's some reality, uh, maybe not actual operational things, you know, because of classification purposes or whatnot. Um, but, but I, I infuse a great deal of, of re reality in the reading. And I think a lot of readers can appreciate that or will appreciate it when you read it. Um, so it's kind of fun for me, uh, as a writer, but it's really nice to, to have someone who's, who's, who's had some of that background say, yeah, man, your shit's pretty real. Uh, and, oh, speaking of high-speed shit uh, that, that, you, that resonates with you, perhaps, I read from page 56. Da -da -da -da. He mastered HF communications and tapped out Morse code messages on a J37KY116U leg strap mounted telegraph key. Yes. He yes. encrypted messages on one-time pads to enhance security. So there's there's some there's some bush yep. beaver kind of stuff in there. Yes. And, yes. And and, and and I have to give an endorsement to my brother here. Um uh I bought your your OTP machine. Uh in the summer, I actually gave it to my best friend because um, he had nefarious things he was going to do, I guess. But uh, he loves it. He thinks it's the coolest fucking thing on earth. It's I don't I don't know if I ever told you the story behind that device. Um, I've told several of the classes where I, I teach them how to use it in advanced RTO. But um, so the the guy that invented that device the the mm -hmm. otp one mm -hmm. generator uh, the adl one generator that right. you can get on brushfeeder.store there, there's a couple other places to carry it uh but the the guy that builds it um really incredible uh great guy and um uh you know anyway he he's got a, a very uh technical engineering background mm -hmm. gonna decline to say which field uh, to, to keep him um anonymous but uh, anyway he uh he reached out to me back in oh man it was uh late 2016 early 2017 i remember it was that winter and uh, reached out to me and he said hey you know i'm, I'm building this one-time pad printer device and uh you know i'd like to send it out the prototype out to you and uh you know you give me feedback on it okay sure send it out you know send mm -hmm. them a p.o box and uh, when I got it, I set it outside uh -huh. and uh, left it sitting out there for about a month. An electronic he, device. Good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, he emails me back after uh, a couple of weeks and, you know, hey, did you get a chance to use it? Or, hey, did you get it? Yeah, I got it. He got yeah. a chance to use it. I said, no, it's still in the box. And he emails me back. He's like, so you haven't opened it up? And no. Uh, when someone out west in a, a remote area right sends you a package that has batteries in it yeah. <laughs> you know you 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 give it a little while you know you you let those cold nights sap yeah, that the, yeah, the yeah, batteries yeah. Kill those idea. Yeah. yeah 
you know, but then I opened it up and, you know, and, and uh, after that, we, we got a good laugh out of that, but yeah. um, no, it, it generates one-time pads. So, uh, you know, and, and again, it, in class, we go into that real deep, but you know, just, just the fact that you referenced that as, you know, it's a, well, it's an old school trade craft it, it, it's still It's still viable. It's um, extremely viable. So, so, you know, again, some of the book stuff uh, across the span of seven books, right? Um, I will throw in some of this old school Treycraft um, because depending on the situation, if, if you've recruited some kind of asset of some sort, uh, there's really, really, really super duper duper James Bond high speed shit out there. But you're not going to waste it on some kind of low level asset kind of person, right? You're just not going to you're not going to risk a compromise of that capability for for this nug. Um, so you, you know you ratchet it down to stuff that's useful and keeps them alive, sort of thing. But uh, and it may come down to that lower tier of you know old school tradecraft. Well, that shit still works. And oh by the way, that's generally speaking uh, kind of what they use against us although now you're seeing all these uh, videos of gaza guys and they've got malls and they've got you know all this kind of nvg type stuff i mean shit's out there now i mean uh there's a lot of technology stuff out there that's being exploited by bad people but um i i do in, in this particular book there's an there's an entire i won't say the whole plot but you recruit this person to be the warlock uh and he has um he certainly has a background of he's got balls he's got the balls department locked up um because he was a commando in the first special service force which was a joint u.s canadian um unit in world war ii so he's got you know, he's got balls there's no doubt about that um he then is doing some stuff later on, and he's at the periphery of the Tehran um, 1979 hostage thing. And he's doing some other stuff in Iran. Uh, so he gets done through all that, and he, he's, a, he's clearly, you know, he's a hero. And this is the guy that the director of CIA, William Casey, selects to be the first warlock, a Canadian. Okay, and there's, there's reasons and whatnot. Um, but he goes through kind of his own, uh, one-on-one -on -one personalized tradecraft course. So, uh, I don't know, the first third of the book is him going through this tradecraft course. And I forgot who it was in, you, you mentioned Clay Martin earlier, somewhere in Twitter, and I think it's an SF guy, and I, I just won't say who, because mostly because I don't remember. But he said, "Yeah, Mike Bennett is to tradecraft as Clay Martin is to fieldcraft in his books, buy his books, read his shit." And I was like, "Wow, man, that makes me sound really fucking cool." You know, that makes me sound a lot cooler than I am. Um, I appreciate that, um, but you know. Probably not completely untrue. Uh, there, there, there's a bunch of stuff uh, that's, that's really good reading as, as far as applicable to 
again, the partisan type stuff, what whatnot, uh, that I think people will enjoy. But, but you know, again, that that yeah, you know, I I I dust off some of that old Traycraft type stuff because you know the book is in the eighties, so it's it's really not old school then. It's it's state of the art then. You know, it's it's the shit. Yeah, and I, I kind of have some fun. If you're a technical person, you're reading the books, uh, you know, pay a little bit of attention because uh, because I'm again, the, the setting of the book is, you know, 1983 or whatnot. And I'm talking about, you know, whatever computer, you know, it's an IBM mainframe and I, I don't remember it, but it's specify. And I'll talk in terms of like, it has an incredible eight megabytes of memory and da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but back then, A whopping eight megabytes. Yeah, you know, back, back then, I mean, that was the shit. Yeah. You know, oh my God. You know, yeah. whatever. Uh, so if you, if you, if you, you know, pay attention when there's, there's a lot of details in there that are in, in the year 2023, that are they're kind of tongue in cheek, I guess. But, um, you know, at that time, I mean, that was the absolute epitome of coolness. Yeah, that was the cool guy gear of the time. So, well, it it's now I'm really really excited to read this because I was a huge fan of the Americans, and yep. I, I think the Americans was one of the if if sure. not the greatest television show yep. ever made. I, I haven't watched them all. I've watched maybe a season, maybe two. Oh, I was pretty impressed. Is that with Carrie Russell or? Yes. Yeah, yes. Carrie Russell, um, yeah. uh, Jonathan Reese Myers, I think. Yeah. Jonathan yeah, yeah. Rice. Yeah. I know. I, I know they they ended up getting married after that. They, oh, really? They, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, in, in real life, they're they're a yeah. married couple. But that that show. The way so the way it was written, uh, Joe Weisberg was a uh, counterintelligence officer for a whole career, and so he took uh, all of these these uh, crazy stories of the Residentura program, and you know what he knew from all of that of these different all these different people who were real life characters, and rolled them into this extremely compelling story. And it yeah. was, it, it was so that there's all of that, uh, just such a fascinating time that was in the 1980s. The story was so incredibly well done. The characters, they, I mean, because they're Soviet agents, they're bad guys, you know, you, you like, but you, you, you get to see this just interesting dynamic of of all of these things and then there's of course uh the the flashbacks to them when they got to the united states in the 1960s so you have kind of a little mm -hmm. element of origin story with them with mm -hmm. that but you know another show that i was a big fan of that unfortunately only lasted a season um was called treadstone and it was the origin story of the Bourne series. Yep, 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 so, yep. you know, you, you we're talking uh, Robert Ludlum and, you know, the the these are really famous. They deviated uh, severely and, and not in a. But the the TV show, on the other hand, uh, the television show, Treadstone, 
which only lasted one season. Much of it took place in the 80s. And again, it was just this, um, it was a fascinating look at how espionage and uh, things functioned in the 80s when the Cold War was at its height. And, um, you know, of course, Atomic Blonde is another one that's, yep. you know, yep. a highly entertaining film. Yep. And I, I think that that uh, that's why I'm so excited to, to dive into this book. Uh, and I think a lot of other people are, too. So, so, so <laughs> and this is what I'm getting at. I was I was reading. So blah, 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 whatever. Um, to, to, to illustrate the point of, you know, old <clears throat> high speed, high, really high speed technology. Uh, the heart and soul of their digital photography platform was the Nikon D1 with an incredible three megapixel digital image. So this is like probably early, early 90s or roughly uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, again, some of the SF guys, maybe this should ring a bell. Nik Nikon's images couldn't really be uplinked over the LST5 Charlie's 16 kilobit per second data range, yada, yada, yada. Still, they had the DMDG on which to describe a scene in the report, and the files could be stored on the grid compass computer with its massive 16-bit 8086 microprocessor, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, oh, it's man. meant to be kind of funny. Um, That's, and I, you know, when I, when I heard you describe that, I was thinking about when we were learning to to send products and attaching photos, you know, oh, we yeah. were doing it all with, with you know, CF 18s, right. CF 19 tough books. And, you know, we're doing it with the one seventeens oh, yeah. and, um, you know, with, with burning shit up probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I remember still thinking like, man, this is kind of slow, you know? And yeah, um, just some of the stuff we do in, in the advanced RTO course, sending images yeah. over Baofeng radios. Right. It's like well, th you, thinking about. You, you must know, be what, streaming it somehow, I, I would imagine. No? It's the protocol. We, we send yeah. it via uh, uh, multi MFSK. It's a multi phase shift king. Right. Uh, or multiple frequency shift king. Uh, MFSK 64. And it's sending it. It it's still kind of slow. Uh, the latency is pretty slow. Yeah. But um, you know it, now, it, now you're reminding me of QPSK and you know. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It yeah, it's um, MFSK is a uh, a, a mode that is very useful for sending uh, large amounts of data quickly. Yeah, and in order to do an image, you you know you have to do that. Well, it's just, um, I mean that stuff really to me it, it's interesting, and 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 having just lived through, uh, you know, these changes in technology, and at the end of the day, what does it come down to? It comes down to the, uh, you know, Moore's law, right? The the processing uh, capacity and power of of just processors, the chips themselves. And with, with every time um, th those just kept going up and up and up, you know, the computer processing allowed you to have all these really intricate shift key, you know, whatever. Uh, 
that's all a function of processing, you know, as computers got better and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks, <laughs> well, you know, probably the preeminent uh, expert on artificial intelligence might be Kamala Harris and she could tell you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, while I'm, while I'm wailing on, fucking, uh, you know, a certain political party, uh, let me read just another bit. Like I said, and this isn't the best one. I just found this very quickly. Uh, the, the Warlock's charter was nearly unconstrained, but could be hampered by meddling bureaucrats or by politicians more concerned with legacy than the national interest. This, it, So this is, we're talking about, this is the 90s. I was talking about beating up Bill Clinton a little bit. So this is in the 90s part. This administration seemed to be hell-bent on putting the United States at a disadvantage. The Warlock noted how the Clinton administration was angling and lobbying for China's admission into the world trade order. This administration would not unlock the power of the natural gas and oil reserves on American soil, not to mention hamstringing the mining of rare earth metals that are becoming the single uh, irreparable resource required at, you know, blah, 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 blah. So there, there's a whole bunch of stuff where I just, I kind of let loose on, on Clinton. It's fun. Um, but, but I, I, I actually, I, it's the truth. I really, truly believe and, and, and now we're, you know, we can look back at this with, you know, lens of 30 years and really evaluate uh, some of the mishaps that we took uh and I don't give a shit about Monica Lewinsky, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying just, you know, the, the whole, there were many, many attempts that if you didn't have Newt Gingrich in Congress, that, that, that Clinton would, would have pushed on the American people without any doubt, but he had, you know, he was balanced by Newt Gingrich and, you know, the Republican caucus at the time, uh, but I really, really, you know, unfortunately, we, we have the perspective of 30 years um, to look back. And I think you're right, Matt, is my point. You know, the damage really started under his watch. Uh, and that and that is now you're seeing the downstream effect of the year 2000 going forward uh, of where we are today. You know, so so I don't always just blame Obama. A lot of people only go back that far and like, oh, my God, Obama, Obama, Obama. Um, you know, although I would tell you right now, uh, you know, we are having these pro-Palestinian um, uh, assemblies, uh, you know, these marches and whatnot. That's Obama. You know, that's this two state solution crap. Yep. Um and, and, and I am of the mind, forgive me, I'm very binary at times. It's either on or off. It's right or wrong. Uh, and you really, there's, there's no needle to thread when it comes to Palestine and, 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 and Israel. You have to make a choice. You're one way or you're the other. You can't go, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. And that's why we're having these conflicts in the, in the United States right now is, you know, that's why, you know, I blame a lot of that 
99.9% of that strife on the Obama administration. But anyway, there's nothing to do with No, it's, you know, William Ayers, I asked something uh, a couple of weeks ago now. William Ayers, or, you know, where's William Ayers been? Somebody seen him recently? Oh, God, who knows? William Ayers founded, founded. Isn't he a tenured professor? No, that's one of those fuckers. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Isn't he a Tim and his wife, Bernadine Dorn. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Yeah. You know, he, he is a convicted domestic terrorist. Yes. Yeah. He he bombed the Pentagon. The yeah. Pentagon. Yeah. You know, this it, it wasn't they I mean they they killed cops too. You know, and yeah. I'm not diminishing that. Yeah. They bombed the Pentagon. Yeah. And they're walking free. Yeah. They're walking for and, and, and not just walking. Jimmy I mean, Carter. They, they are glorified as heroes. Yeah. It, it is really the way you, you know. Um, Barack Hussein Obama came up under him. He was his apprentice. William Ayers is apprentice under him. He's quote unquote academic advisor. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. he's just some guy new. Yeah, yeah. right. Sure. So, I'm, so William so, Ayers. Yeah. William Ayers founded. The Free Gaza Movement. Uh, People know, don't know this. And, you can and, look and, this up. And, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, it's just it's a very strange time where you know one one party is absolutely advocating you know destroy Russia via Ukraine, and the other part is like, oh no no, no don't do that. And, and I understand in the context of. Thirty-two trillion dollars or thirty-three trillion dollars of debt. I understand that in that context, and and I'm kind of one hundred percent behind that. But uh, you know the roots of the stuff you're talking about, you know William Ayers and all that. Well, the roots of that are the '60s, and who 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 was the guy pulling the strings? You know, say uh, as an example, uh, 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 the Black Panthers, right? In the 60s or the yeah. weathermen the weathermen is i think a better example who's pulling the strings who's funding these guys it was the soviet union it's kgb yep. uh and, and these these tactics that we're seeing have roots and those roots are with the kgb yep and just because there's no kgb and they're called a fs whatever or something you know there's something whatever they are now and it's not only now it's the same dudes and, and, and the CCP, China, is kind of copying these, you know, you talked about uh, fentanyl, opioid crisis, you know, everyone, you know, they're, they're going into that playbook, the Bill Ayers, whatever, that's that's where they got this stuff. Right. Now, there's roots to all this. And, and again, it's, it's a matter of paying attention and, and you know, perfect world, having done something, uh, greater action back, you know, when... Uh, the Pentagon was bombed through this guy. Uh, it was a different country. There was a different mentality. But again, that you know, weakness seeped in along the course of time. Uh, and it, you're hitting things that, uh, again, I, I, I may start writing on domestic stuff and I, you know, I might bring that kind of crap up. I'll, I'll ask you when I'm doing research. You, you know a yeah. lot, and, 
and I'll I'll hit you up. I'll but, be honored. But, but but I guess what's the main point? This is nothing new. It really isn't new. Don't think it's fucking new. Just because you're watching TikTok, just because you know you've got a wireless fucking Apple phone, you know, the little white thing sticking you. This is not new, kids. It's, it's not. It really isn't new stuff. It's kind of old, you know. Put a put a put a sheet put a, a veneer over the top of it and make it twenty the year twenty twenty three. But this is old stuff, you know, and, and the history actually is 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 uh, it's relevant, you know. We need to pay attention to it and do something. Oh, by the way, anyway, stop, enough about that rant, and I'll shut up. No, it, it, it's extremely valid. I, I pulled up the article here. Um, I, I was while you were uh, making some some great Ranting. points there. Go ahead. I was I pulled up uh, Ayers and Dorn. So mm -hmm. this came from the San Francisco mm -hmm. Examiner in uh, July 1st, 2010. I'm surprised this hasn't been scrubbed from the net. Probably right. will be uh, because I pulled up Free Gaza Movement's Wikipedia and it has been recently altered. Oh, uh, it is not the same as it was. So they're, they're changing some things. So this article is probably going to get yanked down too. former Weather Underground leaders, William Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, as well as Code Pink founder Jody Evans. Helped organize Free Gaza Movement. Which launched again. The six, Code Pink? Code Pink. Uh -huh. Another another communist group. Right. Uh, Code Pink was was real big back in, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they chased uh, Ted Cruz into the elevator back yeah. during the um, uh, uh, Supreme Court hearings. So and, and, of course, did they get charged? Did any of them get charged with uh, insurrection? be labeled yeah. domestic terrorists, even though they've got convicted domestic terrorists tied up with them. We know this. Right. You know? But here, here it is. They launched a six-ship flotilla from Turkey, oh, our, our our best ally, our NATO ally, Turkey, yeah. So read, Israel. Read, read When Towers Falls, folks. There's a good book on uh, on Turkey. Yep. <laughs> I was I I was I was hoping you were gonna you were gonna call it out. Um you know, but but that one, this was back in 2010. I mean, I remember this. Uh, this ended with a uh, the IDF boarding those boats and ending mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because yeah. they were running weapons. Right. Okay. Right. This wasn't humanitarian aid. This yeah. this they may have had, you know, some food and yep. a couple of cases of MREs yep. or whatever. Right. This is what they do. Right. This is how they operate. This is right. the same shit in Iraq. The right. same shit in Afghanistan. They did it a lot more in Iraq, though. They everywhere you would have a quote unquote new mosque would open up, right. and all of a sudden you got a flow of new weapons. Coming well, in. well, you know, all you, the new you, weapons. And again, this is not new; it's old. But people don't want to hear it. Oh, that's history. That's ancient history. Not motherfucker. It's 2010, whatever, right yeah. or whatever year. It's not ancient. It's yesterday, practically. But um, so you've got this this uh, action against Hamas in the Gaza Strip, and it, I mean it's known. I mean I've known this for a long time that uh, that the Hamas has built all kinds of stuff, you know, whatever infrastructure, blah blah blah, in tunnels beneath hospitals, as example, or beneath mosques, or beneath you know schools, you know. So you can't just target it without 
the propaganda hit of them putting the here here's the school burning and look what israel did. you know this is old old news and the same thing is going up you know lebanon and hezbollah right um but uh you know there was a youtube or twitter or, you know probably youtube thing whatever where i think the idf the israeli defense forces tried to say okay we're not talking out of our ass we're not going to expose super duper methods and sources you know intelligence stuff we're going to videotape you know here's an, an ir thing and you can see beneath the hospital with the with the infrared you know film you know there there are chasms or there's stuff underneath the hospital you know that's not part of the hospital and then they they when they went in there they raised after they blew them up and there was all this propaganda stuff. Oh my God, poor us, poor us, poor us. Um, uh, and they're, and they're the, uh, mensurated, you know, pictures of here's an arrow of here's the, 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 the ventilation duct of whatever, you know, that go into the thing. And, and here's, you can see the, the actual generator that's down there. It's all red, you know, cause it's all heated, you know, what? A, so, IDF has put together a videotape and put out, you know, exposing, if you will, we're, we're not lying. We're not talking out of our ass when we say these guys build stuff under a mosque or they build stuff under a hospital. Uh, we're not kidding. And so, the, you know, the, the, they're trying to, you know, win that information war. And, and of course, that's being countered and, you know, whatever. Um but, you know, but I guess the point is, you know, this 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 stuff that you're talking about is in the similar vein. It's nothing new. It it literally is their playbook. You know, the free Gaza guys or whatever. Uh, you know, Ayers did. Wasn't he the one? I don't think it was him. You know, these are the rules of. I'm trying to remember that. Rules for radicals. Saul yeah. Alinsky. Yeah, yeah. So he Saul came up in, in the Chicago yep. communist scene, which yep. is yeah. oh, probably the wait a minute, Chicago. Let me think. I'm trying to think someone that relates so, well, up. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, Chicago has been the home of communist revolution in the United States. That's you know, we, we think of uh, Portland or Seattle and, yeah. and, you know, there's yeah. some truth, especially to Portland, sure. but, uh, you know, and, and San Francisco being home to, to yeah. a lot of the counterculture of, of the new left and kind yeah. of the, the, uh, thinking that came out of the new, but again, left. all, all these things, they, they all intertwine. They're all yeah. closely intertwined and they all fit together. Right. Uh, you know, none of the, again, I, I am thinking if, if I write another series, uh, there's a whole bunch of domestic stuff that could just lead, you know, naturally lead to, you know, good plot line and whatnot. Um, and it's all true. I'm not making that. You're not making this stuff up. You know, no. this is true. This is reality. Um, I guess the last point of my, my rant is I think the ground the key terrain that we need to seize is education. 
you get again you get back down to the root that's the root of everything because we're 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 either developing or not developing young minds and they're the ones that grow up on TikTok and you know whatever and and is it a mystery that what you know 78% whatever it is of the gen z all believe the free gaza or you know the palestine you know apartheid is is literally in their in their everyday word salad lexicon right it should not be a mystery it, it because when when you're looking at american education public education system and you've got the teacher and there's all the flags on on the wall the teacher's got pink hair uh yada 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 it really truly is education i think is the is the absolute root and there are many 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 things from which there are are tendrils that flow from that and are affected downstream whatever but um if we ever could get a hold on education and, and just hey here's an idea public spending of you know your taxpayer money will be apportioned to we're going to teach your kids stuff they need to know so, so they can get a job and and live a fruitful life and that's it there will be no indoctrination it's just going to be you know an education system that teaches stuff that actually you know when you when you're done after the you know fifth grade um you actually can read you know and oh yes by the way oregon uh you were going to grade you on that shit and you're going to be held accountable to being able to read or, or you fail, you know, whatever. Um, to me, that's, that's the, the number one, absolute number one priority. And then, and then you're going to see the fruit of that labor 20 years down the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, you know, it, it, when, when uh, Oregon, which, uh, you know, you, you threw in there when Oregon here recently said that, that they're not going to make functional literacy or math competency yeah. a graduation yeah. requirement. You, you know, you, you again, got one job. I mean, there, there's that's the same mindset as free needles to crackhead whatever people. Right. It's, it's all it's. All the same, you know, the heirs, the Saul, whatever guys, and what's his name, Saul? Saul Alinsky. Alinsky. All, I mean, it, it's all the same. It's all the same bucket. All the shit is in the same bucket. You know, it, you stir it around. It's, it's old. It's old news. It's not new. Anyway. Hey. Motherfuckers, buy my books. <laughs> <laughs> buy them and be wildly entertained in the process and learn some really functional stuff. Uh, seriously. Yeah, I, 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 I like to think there, there's some really tech, tech, tech stuff. So, you know, if, if that really bores you, just kind of skim over that. You get the concept of nuclear fission. Just get the, the general concept and then just drive on. You know, just keep reading. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll get to other parts at some point. So some things, some people, uh, my brother, one of them, you just have to skip over that shit. You know, don't get, don't sit there and go, oh my god, this is too technical and there's big words. 
you know, okay, just fucking keep going, keep going. You'll get to something that resonates. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it, it, I feel like I could sit and talk to you all day because I, I was just looking at the clock. One yep. hour flew yep. by, like, yep. and it always does. It always does. I feel like just, just as we're scratching into something deep, because I, I know we we had we had sit here and talk about Israel and Gaza and just the the direct, but really in in my mind, how that is going to have a, a major spillover effect in the United States, and well, it already it is. is clearly it already is. Now, now, uh, now the interesting thing is, so this is you know future aspirants of being a politician. This is what happens when you try to straddle the tightrope. And you don't take a position on something. This is exactly what's going to happen to you. You're not going to make everyone happy. You can't. So, you know, now it seems there's a, you know, right now, today is the 7th of November. You know, a year from now, people will have forgotten completely. But there's a there's a whole chunk of, of the Democratic Party that, you know, hates Joe Biden right now. Yeah. Because he's not enough pro-Palestine. You know, he's still saying stuff like insurrectionary. He's still saying stand with Israel. Oh, you can't do that. You know, this is definitely to me. Again, I'm very binary. You have to take a course, you know, one or the other period. There's no both. Uh, and, and, And this could impact him, apparently, you know, with the polls. And I don't give a shit about polls, but they are saying there are so many people that are dissatisfied with the president right now because he, but because he just isn't strongly enough in whatever. Uh, so, you know, we don't know what you're talking about the impact of the Gaza thing right now is we don't really know, don't really know what's going to, what's going to, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's also as easy as someone say, just say DeSantis is an example or, or, or Nikki Haley, whatever. Any of these people in the you know before the primary, whatever, um, they say the wrong thing. You know, on this issue, they're mm-hmm. toast. They're fucking toast. Um, so yeah, we live in interesting times, yada yada yada. Uh, the, and, I, and I'll say it if, if I haven't blatant enough, I always. Seven book series, there's three that I really highlight Israel, American special kind of um, fraternity, the brotherhood between Israel um, and the United States. And it should be very clear that I'm an advocate. Um, I, I believe uh, Israel certainly has a place in this world. And I, I really would like to see us. Uh, stop mitigating whatever and and take a very 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 pointed and clear policy uh, which we have not and 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 i think that is uh immoral if nothing else um and and we'll see we're gonna we'll see what happens uh if if we get different leadership but it's not just the president it has to uh you know trickle down through through a preponderance of, of Congress, right? 
um, right. You know, it's not just. I, I think we're we're beginning to see some of that. Uh, we, of course, the censuring of Rashida Tlaib, and yep. Um, yep. Yep. we're we're beginning to see a little bit of it. Maybe maybe a fracture or two, but she's an easy target. Um, you know, it it's going to be hard to say. Uh, but what I, the way I look at it, and this is strictly me and, you know, I have some internal biases here in this opinion as well, but we need to go to Turkey and say, you either have regime change now, now, right now, this, this is not going to stand or you're out of NATO. You know, if if you think the economic crunch of the lira in free fall, uh, not too long ago was bad. Wait till you see what we do. So, you know, people, when I wrote When Towers Fall, it was the second book of of the time. And I focus on Erdogan specifically, really, but Turkey as the target of that book. Everyone, um, you know, looks at me like I'm, I I don't know, clairvoyant or something and prescient because I wrote about Nord Stream. I actually start in that book. And it and it actually culminates in the next book of the Baltic chain. Uh, but but I instead of hitting in, instead of hitting Nord Stream because of stuff going on, on the ground at the time, the United States did a did a covert um, uh, hack of the compressors for Turk Stream. <laughs> you know, in other words, uh, Turkey. So I I have been I just remember stuff from you know and I get into one of the books but uh, you know Turkey said fuck off when we were going into Iraq because we wanted to have you know an element go into Iraq from the north west through Turkey and they said fuck you uh, that to me was like hmm okay. You know, and that's how Bush did his famous you're either with us or against us kind of deal. And I found that to be interesting at the time and and so on and so on. It got worse and worse over time. So I've been I've had my eye on Turkey for a long time. Uh, They're not on our team. And you're right. Again, very binary, Matt, very binary. You're either with us you're against us. Fuck you. If you don't, you know. You're you're off the team, NATO, whatever. You cannot straddle all this horseshit. You know, you're an ally or you're not. As you can see, I'm not a diplomat. I'll never be a politician. Oh freak. Like, oh my god. Um well, that's you have you I, oh Bennett, you have no subtlety of mind. Fuck you, I do. And I'm just telling you, after watching this kind of shit for years and years and decades and decades, there is no subtlety, Barack Obama. Don't tell me that I'm complicit on the whole Israel, you know, Gaza thing. Don't fucking put that evil on me, Barack. You know, this this straddling, oh, nuanced, you know, blah, blah, you know. Every once in a while, man, you just got to man up and you've got to take a specific course of action. Make no apologies for it. 
like you're saying. You're either on the team, Erdogan, Turkey, or you're not. And it is. It's ultimatum. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, diplomats. But that's really what we have to do. And, and, and you know, that's kind of what my, my books are. It's fiction. So it's it's in its own little la-la land where, I, you know, I, I'm not dealing with this dip, diplomacy stuff. I, I go right to the heart of whatever, and I conduct these covert actions, yada, yada, yada. And that's the idea of the warlock is I don't give a crap about, you know, the diplomacy end. I'm going to do things that are effective that will push the world a certain way, you know, um, whether that could happen in real life or not. Um, we, we, we as a country are very, very wishy-washy. You know, that's part of our problem. Uh, you know, back in the in in at the end of World War II, we dropped, you know, uh, nuclear bombs. We are no longer the nation that has that force of will um, to just say this is right over here and this is wrong, and we're taking this course of action. Period. There's no wishy-washy stuff, and we we, we have to get away from that. Anyway, sorry. No, you're exactly right. Exactly right. And and it, well, I'm opinionated. I'm not right. I'm I just well, right. well, our opinions are congruent. Yes. Uh, and yes. you know, E.M. Burlingame, you know, we he, one of the, the points that he's consistently made over the interviews we've done is that America doesn't look at itself as a civilizational people. Um and that's a big part of the problem. And mm. that is an opinion that I happen to agree with um, that, you know, we, we don't look collectively as, as Americans, you and I do. And yeah. the military culture certainly does, uh, or at least uh, it, it used to a, a large part of it used to the combat arms, brotherhood, uh, special operations. And, and, you know, you're, you're, uh, the real meat eaters definitely do because why, why else would we do that? And it, it's, you know, why would we do the things that we do? It's at a love of country first and that, that unified brotherhood behind it, um, you know, which, which transcends all other uh, artificial social barriers. But then, you know, when, when we look at the, the larger American people, the, these fractures that we've had socially that we've uh, allowed to foment for, various reasons whatever they may be um but the the uh the left the the marxists have used in yep. in earnest to yep. bring about communist revolt yep. uh which they've used for for centuries now this is you know they they've uh 200 years that are going on 200 years just about uh, Marx really be, got going in uh, the 1830s, so we'll say 190 years. Um, and, and of course, he brought much of that. Much of that was brought to the United States um, at different, various different times. And this, of course, is, is what the left is all about. But, um, you know, with, with all that said, I think personally that a uh, series focused on domestic issues and i'm grinning from ear to ear right now because that would be um 
I think that that the it is. I think it's something that's needed at this point in time. I think it's something that that you are certainly going to have a unique take on, you know, for all the good, great reasons. Um, and I know I'm I'm excited to see that. Well, one thing at a time is, the, <laughs> you know, I've spent three years writing this damn series. Um, uh, oh, I guess the other thing, the, the last thing I would say, so you've got Rose Hips in June, which is a, a variation with some added content of Moss of the Flame. So I, 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 you know, that's what ended up being published under a different title. But what I'm going to do now if you know if this thing is successful, I will then take the rest of the series as an example. This isn't exactly what I'm going to do, but I would then take um, uh, Las Vegas and twelve dollars a day, when towers fall, uh, and the Baltic chain, and meld those three books together, and 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 just make sure all the timelines and whatever. So something's gonna are gonna kind of fall out, like you know, chapter three of Baltic Chain falls out, uh, and I would replace that with blah blah whatever, or I'd have to augment something said in what you know whatever. So I, I'm going to uh, integrate those books and create next volume under Defiance Press, and and it's something interesting for your audience. And this is Defiance Press. I chose them specifically because they're a conservative um, publishing company. They pretty much only publish conservative people like, like Blaine Pardo. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, certainly if you're of that mindset, they're, they're consistent with your values and, and you might like that, but that's what I intend to do is volume two of this new series is is modifying the stuff i've written and, and integrate books all on one longer timeline that's kind of my the plan in my head um so a lot of that stuff you're like that looks very familiar well that, that's the reason that's the reason behind it but there, there there's a that's an enormous challenge to take say three books and and put it into one volume as a one as a consistent thing you know that but that's general where I, I think i'm going for sure i know i'm excited uh, uh i'm gonna pick up a copy of this i'm really really excited to dive into it and i think a lot of other people are as well this audience has been very very receptive um to all of the authors that we've had on and um you know i, I get a lot of Emails from listeners, from guys I've had in class. I, you know, I just came back from Missouri and had a huge class out there. And I hear from, you know, everybody. It's like, mm -hmm. oh man, you know, those books were awesome. And, um, you know, it, it, your name always comes up uh, at the top of the list, especially as it pertains to fiction as, as a real, uh, the real deal. So, 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 um, so I'm going to tell the readers, you know, this is what I want out of this deal. Um, you know, yeah, go buy the book. And oh, by the way, uh, if you don't know, proceeds from the sales uh, go to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Um, 
and that's right on the inside cover. Um, so that's my charity of choice. Um, uh, but damn it. Hey, write a review, you know, and if you start your review off with Mike Bennett is a lunatic, you know, <laughs> let me tell you something. It's probably true. I'm okay with that. You know, if that's what you feel, I mean, that's some of the stuff that I come up with is, is, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's different. I'm an evil man. I'm sorry. I'm not making, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, the warlock is a bad Muldoon. Um, but if you, if you, if that's what you think, man, go ahead. You write that down. You know, if, if that's, you know, you come, you come off of reading these books and you're like, wow, this guy, this guy's crazy. Um, thank God he's not our president. <laughs> uh, I, I'm okay with that, but I, I really would love you to get it and, and write a review, what, whatever it is you feel, whatever it is you think, um, or, you know, if something is far-fetched or you think there's not enough, whatever, that's what the reviews are for is so that you're warning other readers stay away from this guy's a lunatic or, or or you're telling other potential readers you're, you're you're telling them hey this is really what i thought and you know this book is worth your time so please write reviews and mark sibley's going to tell you that blaine pardo is going to tell you that clay martin's going to tell you that any yep. any author's going to tell you that that's it really is invaluable not only to me but but to 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 the guys downstream that are considering, Hey, do I want to get this book? So. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So folks, Rose Hibson June, you can find it on amazon.com. And of course, all of the other titles can be found also on Amazon, but if you want to buy direct and that's always the best way to do it, uh, you can get all of them along with a really good SF De Oppresso LeBear banded cigar from author Mike Bennett. And you, you will not be able to read whatever I write inscribed on the inside cover. No, I'm going <laughs> guarantee you, you'll, you'll get that and you're like, what does that say? So penmanship is not my forte. Uh, I'm just letting you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that that's the other thing is I send the I sell the signed copies direct on my website. Uh, and oh, by the way, they're about forty percent off right now. Um, you know when I did the math and all that. So you're getting seven books for forty uh, percent off. Uh, and, 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 and oh, by the way, it, it's not Rose Hips and June is not in that. I haven't even started getting those um signed and whatnot because I, i'm in canada literally um hey you know i can't uh i can't send these things out and sell them um because of the the postage fee would be exorbitant it'd be crazy so it's going to be a while before i start getting out signed copies of rose hips in june um if you want to pay the postage, you can DM me on Twitter or something, uh, and we we can we can figure something out. But uh, you know, shipping from Canada down to anywhere Conus 
is is just going to be a ton of money because Canada Post is is nuts. Um, so for the time being, you can get Moths to the Flame and the other six books, all of those um, signed copies. I'm still sending those out of the states, and you know that's all on the website. So uh, good, good, good Christmas gift type idea. Um, I'm really happy I've got them in these nice blue boxes. You don't even have to wrap the damn thing. It comes in a nice blue box. So there you go. Put a bow on it and say, here's your fucking Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. And you'll like it, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Colonel Mike Bennett, it is always an honor to have you on and, uh, just yeah, time flies by, man. It, it, it we could crazy. we could talk about a, a million things. Hey, the, the the point really is, I love my country. Obviously, Matt loves his country. You guys probably love this country. I love this country uh, more more than I can. So I write uh, in in the fucking acknowledgement or the dedication thing somewhere in this bastard. To the fans that stuck it out through a long campaign with such admirable patience, thanks. I think you believe in America as much as I. That is once proclaimed by Ronald Reagan. She is a tall, proud city built on rocks stronger than oceans. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, and we're going to get there. It's my guarantee. Get there. You're still muted. You're muted. You're muted. Oh, I am muted. I am. <laughs> I was like, ah, hit the mute button. Oh, man. Anyway, anyhow, sir, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful uh, time up there in in. Canada. I hope you get to see all the snow bunnies uh, up there. I, I, yeah, I, no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be a good time on the slopes. Oh, I yeah. know it. I know but, it. Sir, God yep. bless. Have an incredible vacation up there. It is well deserved, folks. Go get this book. I can't wait to sink my teeth into this one. Um, I know that uh, it, it's going to be one of those that once I pick it up, I'm not going to be able to put it back down. And uh, if you want some of the cutting edge thrillers that are being written today, Colonel Mike Bennett is your author. With that said, folks, God bless your head on a swivel.